For those out there, I hope today finds you safe and healthy still. Today, I want to talk to you about a little operation called Shaggy's Copper Country Skis in Boyne City, Michigan. That's up in the part of the state that Michiganders refer to as up north, and it's right down the road from Boyne Resort's first ski area, Boyne Mountain. You may not be familiar with Shaggy's, so a little overview. This is a direct-to-consumer brand, meaning you will not find Shaggy's in any ski shop. You can only get them on their website, or maybe if you happen to catch them at a demo day. They have some stock models, but they're really known for their custom skis. They've only been around for about 15 years, but they have an outstanding reputation. I know this because my friends who ride Shaggy's won't shut up about how awesome they are. And with the made-to-order top sheets on the custom models, they do look really cool. But what Shaggy's has done since the COVID-19 pandemic broke out is even cooler. In a very short period of time, they pivoted their whole operation to making face shields for frontline medical care workers. They're now stamping out 5,000 of these things per day to help meet the desperate need for better protective gear. One of my listeners in Michigan, Frank Roeder, forwarded me the email that Shaggy's had sent out to its customers, telling them that they were temporarily and immediately shifting to face shield manufacturing. I thought that was awesome. And so I reached out to Jeff Thompson, who co-founded the company with his brother and parents back in 2005. I caught up to him at the end of a workday to hear more about what they were doing and how they were able to make this pivot so quickly. It's a great story. I'm excited to share it with you. Let's go. Jeff Thompson is a partner and co-founder of Shaggy's Copper Country Skis in Boyne City, Michigan. He founded the company in 2005 along with his parents, John and Sherry Thompson. Jeff, thank you for your time today. Thanks. I'm uh, I'm glad to be here. We are uh, we're just a small ski company doing what we can to uh, help get everyone through this. So before we get into that, Jeff, how are you doing on a personal level? It sounds as though you're not stuck at home like the rest of us. But how are you and your family holding up through all this craziness? You know, we're doing pretty good. Um, I actually uh, had my first child. I had a daughter um, two oh, and a half weeks ago. Thank you very much. So. We actually, as all this stuff was getting started, we were, uh, my wife and I were actually in the hospital. She was in labor, and uh, so we're we're doing pretty good. My uh, So I'm a new baby girl, and uh, my wife are hanging out at home, and uh, so we had actually kind of already planned for, she was taking time off work for this whole period, and uh, and now, you know, being here, we're uh, we're just cranking here at work, so I never thought that we'd be this, this busy this time of year, but uh, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. So mom and baby are healthy at home? They are. And do you live near the factory there? Yeah, I'm actually, oh, it takes me about three minutes to uh, to get to work, so I'm pretty pretty grateful for that. It's super easy. I, I run home for lunch every day and uh, able to, to see the baby and, and uh, you know, just be generally close. So it's a pretty good setup. Uh, it's beautiful. You know, three days after my son was born in 2016, we moved into, uh, we moved. So moving is always stressful. And then you, you throw a new baby on top of it. But I got to say, Jeff, I think you have me beat here with launching, you know, turning your entire business around on a dime to service this emergency. Uh, that's, that's a pretty big uh, task to add on top of a newborn. So kudos to you. Um, so, so let's talk about that. So on March 27th, you sent out an email to your customers telling them that you were temporarily retooling production from skis to plastic face shields. When did you start thinking about this, and what gave you this brainstorm you could shift from manufacturing skis to making face masks? You know, it was it was about a week and a half before that, you know, this, this whole 
coronavirus situation was starting to get more and more serious, you know, and hadn't really hit Michigan much yet, um, but we knew that it was going to have some impact, and um, the ski areas around us started, you know, started closing after we got the restriction to, you know, no groups of 250 here in Michigan. And so ski areas started closing, and, you know, we started thinking, okay, well, you know, generally we're selling skis for another month of the year. Um, mm-hmm. And we're we're just working on custom orders, and then we're getting set up for our next season. So we started thinking, hey, uh, you know, what are we going to, you know, we're going to have a little bit of downtime. So we actually, our first instinct was, okay, well, we're going to retool for next year faster. Mm-hmm. We're going to be, mm-hmm. uh, you know, be ahead of the game. Um, we made it through that weekend, had our final day of skiing. I think it was the 15th or 16th um, of March. And... Mm-hmm. Came back to our shop um, on Monday morning. More and more was happening. And at that point, we kind of, you know, I, I said to myself, I said, you know, well, what can we do? You know, we need to, we're, you know, we're, we're going to stay busy, but what can we do to help? You know, there's going to be, there's going to be people who need things. We're already seeing across the country that there's shortages of supplies and, you know, just whatever. So, mm-hmm. We talked about that. I talked about that with our, with our shop guys and my parents here and said, hey, let's put up a, a post on our Facebook page and we'll say, here's our capabilities. Here's, you know, things that we, you know, generally fit in our wheelhouse. And we'll just put it out there. If anyone needs anything, get a hold of us. So at that point, that was, I think, the that was the 17th of March, the, actually, that later on that day I would be heading to the hospital um, with my wife to have our uh, have our daughter the next the, in the early in hours in the morning. Um, so never forget that day. Never forget that day. And <laughs> so 2.35 in the morning, my daughter was born, that I got a call um, a couple hours later, um, probably, I don't know, 9 or 10 in the morning from one of our sales guys here, said somebody from the hospital that I was actually in, was going to be dropping off some samples at our shop um, for some things to that they're you know that they're in need of. Turns out that they were it was face shields and and eye shields. And we said, well, hey, I'm in room 184. Why don't you just have them drop them off to me or have somebody go and run them to them? Little did I know the vice president of the hospital was going to come up to our room and you know right after our daughter was born. So we got some. Uh, she quickly handed me some samples. We looked at them. I said, I think. You know, I think we can do this. I mean, there's going to be some serious turnaround, and the biggest deal is getting materials. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, we had told them at that point, yeah, I think we can do this, and we just have to find materials. So from there, it was it was kind of game on of figure out everything that we can make, get them a prototype, get it approved, and, uh, you know, kind of run with, run with uh, as much as we can. So have you ever made anything other than skis before? I mean, we've made all sorts of stuff here, um, and, you know, like, pretty much, I grew up, my parents had a small construction company, um, so my brother and I grew up building everything that we could, you know, I, I built a go-kart from steel tubing to um, to an actual, you know, to a go-kart when I was in sixth grade. My brother took a it took a crack try to get engine and put it in his four wheeler and modified everything. So we were always doing something growing up, you know, and I was kind of always, you know, looking like, Oh, he's doing something cool. I should be doing something too. And he's four years older than me. Um, right. So 
you know, actually getting into skiing was just like another, or getting into, I shouldn't say getting into skiing, we're lifelong ski racers. Um, but getting into making skis was just another thing that we made. So we've made all sorts of stuff. Yeah, so pretty much we're, all, we're always doing something. So this was definitely, it's a pretty simple product. Um, and like I said, you know, the, the biggest challenge is this is high, you know, this is pretty high volume, which we're a small custom shop. That's what we do. We're not, we're not focused on production. And the other part is just sourcing, you know, these materials that generally take, you know, a month, a couple months to get. And, hey, we need them here in two days. Right. So give us the layout here. How is your shop set up normally? And what did you have to do to modify that to switch from making skis to making face shields? You know, so generally, so our shop here is, it's pretty much set up for custom ski manufacturing. Um, we have CNC equipment and a wood shop in our, in like the back half. Um, and that's really our, kind of our, our dirtier area. Um, then you kind of move forward once we have different parts that we've set up. We'll take those out to our layup area where everything's going to be wet out with epoxy and then glued up and pressed. And then we've got our grinding and finishing area and waxing and tuning and all that all that sort of stuff for actually manufacturing skis. So really what it took on this is so to actually like cut the plastic, we use our CNC machine. Really, you know, it's a big clean out, get rid of everything that we could, get all the tables that we can, set up cut fixtures for these really simple parts that we're making in thousands. You know, get these little fixtures made and open up any little space of, you know, floor space that we can, because really what it takes is setting up tables and having some CNC equipment to to cut out these face shields. And we, you know, we're, our, the rolls of material are 5,000 feet long that we process. So wow. they're big, heavy pieces, and we're, uh, you know, we're a small shop, and we're, so we've got a couple of people that are, like, unspooling a coil of plastic to, uh, to set it up. Um, you know, but really it's... You know, it's it's get cleaned up, get the fi- the little fixtures made, the little dies to hold everything in place, and uh, and then we had to bring in some new equipment, some extra, some new riveters and um, little things. To me, you know, it's like a, it's it's kind of it's everyday stuff that we have to do every year. We, you know, we improve a process, we bring in new things. So it's not like we were totally turning ourselves on our head. It was, you know, as far as our facility is, like everyone just had to totally you know, do a 180-degree flip on sort of things that we make. So, you know, it was going from that custom stuff to, <laughs> you know, make thousands and thousands of these things, the exact same wow. thing. So 5,000 feet long, what do those rolls weigh? Uh, they're about um, 650 pounds apiece. Oh, wow. Do you, do you have the equipment to move around, something like that? Uh, well, in our shop, we, we, just use, we don't even have a forklift here. We have uh, pallet jacks and... Um, we used some brute strength. We luckily, so once, when we finally got a, uh, a purchase order from our hospital, um, my brother has a shop right down the road, um, pretty similar in size, and uh, he also has similar equipment. So we kind of pooled all of our resources together. And uh, luckily, he's got, a, he's got a dock at his shop, so we can bring stuff in a little bit easier and then break it down into smaller quantities and um, bring it over here for some of our other shipments, but not on the plastic. What does he make at his shop, your brother? Uh, they make parking lot stencils, so they're one eight hundred stencil. So painting. Uh, he actually, so him and I um, started Shaggies. You know, we really the two of us started building skis when we were. I was in high school. He was uh, newly graduated, and 
he's uh he no longer is here in day to day operation. He has his other business. But uh so we kind of pooled all of our resources together and said, Hey, let's just get as many of these things out as we can. Is production going on down at his shop as well, or is it mostly at the Shaggy shop? No, we're we're you know, we're we're both doing it. We I mean we've pooled all of our orders together. We are Doing everything, you know, this is pretty capital intensive um, to start up all of this stuff, buying, you know, buying some of the new equipment, buying all these materials um, with, you know, all these, a lot of, a lot of places expecting, uh, extending, you know, payment terms out for them. And so it's been good to uh, be able to lean on each other a little bit and uh, make sure that we can, you know, have adequate material coming in. We're, we brought in material for about 175,000 of these and, now we're looking to get we're we're trying to find more. Wow. So you, you mentioned these are pretty simple products, and from the photos you have online, it looks like it's a shield, a piece of foam, and a strap. And I'd imagine imagine some adhesive to you know bind all those things together, especially the foam. Uh, what are the materials that are involved in making these? Yeah. So you you pretty much hit it on the head. So the plastic, it's um, the stuff that we use is a, it's an anti fog. It's a PET polyester. Um, plastic that has an anti-fog coating on it. And that's really the the big thing that makes these um, people really, you know, the hospitals really want them. You can get a lot of people right now are, are you are not able to get that, so they're just using a regular polyester film um, that'll fog up. And that, that's fine, right? It's Anything's helpful at this point. So you have this anti-fog plastic. You have a piece of one inch by one inch by nine inch long foam with adhesive on it. You have an elastic strap. And... And then that all gets just pushed together. I mean, the foam has adhesive on it now. We were able to order that. We cut our elastic to size, and some of them we have two different kind of production lines here at each at each facility. So about half of the uh, half of the shields that we make are have the elastic strap riveted onto the plastic, and the other half are looped through and glued together. So, like I said, you know, it really is a very simple thing to make, but when you start talking okay, how are we going to get out these orders, you know, and get out, you know, 5000 a day, then it gets, yeah. uh, for two small shops, it's uh, it's definitely a push. Yeah, were there any materials that you had already on hand, like any kind of glue or adhesive or anything, or, or did you have to just source all this stuff fresh? We just had to get everything, pretty much. I mean, we to get them initial prototypes, you know, just samples, we used things that we had, um, you know, saying, hey, this is not the actual material, it's going to be close to this. Um, but pretty much we had, we've had to source everything and we've had to source it from multiple suppliers because we'll buy out, you know, we'll go and this one, you know, say company X has, oh, they have 1200 rolls of foam, uh, of foam and we need 4,800. So, we, you know, try to buy as many as we can from them and then go to the next person and the next person, you know, and we're kind of, you know, we're, we're making a lot for us, but then you've got companies like Ford that are, you know, putting out a hundred thousand a day. Right. Or more. Um, so now it's all, uh, you know, it's all a challenge of, you know, I, we're all doing it just to to try to get back to normal, trying right. to be part right. of a solution. So, you know, hopefully, you know, there's not, you know, it's not like there's competition between, you know, us and the next guy doing it. We're like, I've sent, actually, luckily I've had other ski and snowboard companies ask for, you know, like say, hey, I, you know, we love that you're doing this. You know, do you have any words of wisdom? Do you have any this or that? So we've sent them the like the CAD files for the shields and suppliers and that sort of information. So it's really just get as many out as we can. And were you able to find most of that source, most of that stuff from Michigan, or have you had to go farther abroad to find it? 
Um, no, unfortunately. Uh, some of the foam is from Michigan. Um, the film, you know, we had to bring in from South Carolina. The foam for the material, um, some of that's from Michigan. Some of it's from Indiana. Some of it's coming from Ohio. So it's really coming from all over the place. So you said 5,000 a day of these you're cranking out right now? Yeah. And how does that compare to your production capacity when you're turning out skis? When we're making skis. So, um... We'll do like fifty pair a week. Oh, wow. Okay. You know, like okay. you know, it depends if they're custom or not. Sometimes you know, it'll be right. you know, like even thirty thirty pair for us is a you know, there's a lot of work that goes into every pair of custom skis. So it's a uh, it's definitely a it's a big change of pace. So have you brought on more employees, or were you able to make this work with your regular staff? Um, you know, we have four additional people that are helping out with this right now. You know, just for during this during this crisis, um, but we're always you know we're doing everything we can to try to minimize the amount of people that we have here. You know, every additional person that we bring in is potentially somebody who could become infected, and then if they infect the rest of us, then we're shut down. You know, at minimum three days, even if one person comes in here, like right away. Right. You know, we're three days, and then fourteen days if you know, we get infected. So we've been really careful about that. And it's great. Our, our, our shop here, all the guys have really stepped up. You know, we have a, you know, big group text of somebody's going to the store. What do you need? You know, so we, so we can just limit our exposure to, okay, just us, you know, we see each other at work and we don't see anyone else. So as you mentioned, Jeff, skis are relatively complex, especially Shaggy's known for their custom skis. It seems that face masks are comparatively simple, as you said, but still, there's a learning curve with anything, right? So how easy or difficult was it for you and your team to figure out how to make face masks and make them at volume? You know, making these making these shields is, you know, it's almost mind-numbingly simple. <laughs> it's, uh, we kind of, we kind of joke around, like, it's just one of those things you can kind of, you can just do and get through it. Nobody here is like, I don't want to make face shields for the rest of my life. Um, there was definitely a learning curve in figuring out how we're going to get out as many as possible. We went through a number of different uh, assembly styles and trying to figure everything out. But we had a we had a pretty good idea what we were going to do when we got started. Um, that got turned on its head numerous times to make sure that we could get a, you know, get a quality product out that meets everyone's standards and um, works really well. So, you know, I, I I don't claim that is it's a uh, you know an engineering marvel to to change this over. It definitely isn't. Um, but we have a you know we've got a, a pretty I will say a pretty clever group of people here that can figure out how to do stuff. And everyone that we have here is is pretty much you know we put our heads down and we work. So that's you know that's a huge benefit on. Everyone can kind of just push each other and say, "Hey, you know, we're we're not screwing around here. We're we're trying to get as many things out as as possible." I imagine you've got a pretty tight crew of people who have been there for a long time that are used to working together, right? Yes. So, what are some of these surprises you had to adjust to? You said you kind of had to change pace a couple, uh, change course a couple of times. What were some of the things that came up? You were like, "Okay, that's not going to work. Let's try something else." Yeah, um, we were so originally when we were. Uh, so these hospitals have been kind of, you know, pushing us, hey, we want these sooner, sooner, sooner. Um, so originally we had some foam that we were getting 
like before we were actually getting material, like getting the material with glue already applied to it. And we said, okay, well, we're going to use a double-sided adhesive. Well, we did our first day of production with it, opened the boxes the next day, and boom, all the foam popped off of these things. Oh. Um, so that was a big disappointment. Um, you know, and it's something that we just had to, you know, we had to figure out. We were trying to hot glue more stuff than um, hot glue foam on, too. And it's just a pain in the butt because it takes so long, and you get these little angel hair glue strings that are coming off. It's like an arts and crafts class. Um, <laughs> they have to be really careful on how to how to figure this out. And you know, the, and the biggest thing is like just keeping everyone's morale up. Um, mm-hmm. Everyone's, you know, our, our guys here. We're we're here to build custom skis. It's pretty, you know, it's exciting. It's it's fun. No two things are you know ever the exact same, um, and it's challenging. And, you know, so, you know, like I said, you know, unfortunately, you know, it's not like any, uh, any major challenges, but, but we've had to, we've had to figure some stuff out and, you know, kind of pull through, but we've, uh, <laughs> we're almost there. So how long would you say it took you from the time you made this decision to when you got it right and you had stuff you were happy with that you felt comfortable shipping to hospitals? Um, you know, that was probably about three days of when we received materials to, when we pretty much have our had our, our final product here. Um, we actually have uh, some new renditions on things to kind of speed up our process coming in the next couple of days here. Um, so we're going to see we just some faster assembly processes, and we're going to make some changes in the next couple of days and see if we can make more and ship them out and, um, you know, ship out samples and make sure that people will accept them and uh, and keep going. So, you know, it's, it's definitely a uh, – it was iterate fast fail, you know, fail often, do whatever it, you know, try as many different things as we need to. Um, you know, the other things are we're in just ergonomics when you're making thousands and thousands of these things every day. Okay, changing table height, getting a taller chair, um, mm. you know, mats everywhere, just stuff like that that you don't think about when we're, you know, when you're working all over a shop and, you you know, you're you're taking more ownership on a, you know, on a, on a bigger project. That sort of stuff you don't, you know, you don't notice. But when you're doing, sitting there doing the same thing over and over and over again, you gotta think about it and keep a uh, keep a fresh supply of Red Bull in the fridge. <laughs> That's key in this case, I would imagine. So, what are some of these changes you're gonna make in the next couple of days to smooth this process out? Um, you know, we have a couple of different fastening uh, tools coming in. We have got another riveter coming in to uh, to attach. The elastic banding to the uh, to the to the plastic. We have more rolls of plastic coming in. We're actually going to start now. Um, we're we're kind of when one machine has a smaller roll, like essentially we have there's three machines between our two shops that are that we're cutting all these things with, and so now one of them can handle rolls really well. So we can take these 600 pound rolls once we get down there. Um, so once we get down to say a 300 pound roll. From that, we're going to shift it over to other machines so that they're easier to handle. We're kind of just yeah, just optimizing little things. Um, it's amazing how many more when one person can operate a machine. Really, it's like you've got to cut all these things, and then you got to pull a whole new roll of material over top to load up you know, a new sheet of material, cut it all over again. And we're doing these. We have 40 every uh, three minutes, 40 new shields are cut. Wow. So... 
Um, at that point, then you got to, you know, take the 600-pound roll, and even with a really good roll system, it's still heavy. It still has momentum sitting there to to not m- want to move. So we always had to have two people spooling it out. Now we can, you know, with a smaller roll, we can do it with uh, with one person. So we're working on that. We're working on, uh, like I said, getting another, another riveter, and we're, we're using these riveters that are 60 years old because they work really oh, well. Wow. But trying to find more of them. Right now we have three. I'm trying to find more. You just have to search through like old industrial surplus, uh, you know, wholesalers. So we're getting uh, getting more of this equipment in, and uh, we'll cross our fingers that we don't have to go and have those retooled too much to make work for us. So, Jeff, when you're trying to figure out all this stuff, how did you do it? Did you call up other manufacturers who normally make face shields? Did you go on YouTube? Like, how did you figure this process out? Was it just trial and error? No, we just looked at it. We just looked at the sample that they gave us, and and we just make it. Um, I don't know. That's just kind of what we do. Um, I am a. Uh, I've got a degree in mechanical engineering. You know, I've been spending uh, my entire life building things. So, pretty much, it was like you know, you look at these things and say, okay, yep, we can make it. It's not, you know, it's not uh, not too tough. At least you know, for us, we innovate out of necessity. You know, in making skis every day, we come up with new ways to do things. I, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll go into the back into our wood shop and like see this little piece of plastic that looks like a scrap, a piece of garbage or something, and I'll go toss it. And they're like, no, 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 no. And it's got like this little teeny tiny notch cut in it. That's a, it makes it like a perfect tool to push this little, the sidewall into, attach it to our core. And it's like, right. you go and, you know, it's like I said, it's just innovation out of necessity. So I don't know. We just kind of use our, our, uh, past experience and look at stuff and say, yeah, okay, we'll, we'll make it. I don't know. I, unfortunately, I don't have a better story for you there. <laughs> so you mentioned that some other ski manufacturers were calling you up and comparing notes. Is that community fairly tight in general with the other small ski manufacturers? Do you guys kind of talk to each other and spitball and try to figure out what's the best way to do this or that and on a, in a normal basis, or is this just kind of a special circumstance? Uh, I I would say it's probably more of a special circumstance, but let me preface that with we are we kind of just do our own thing over here in Michigan. Um, we you know about six or seven years ago we really said hey we're just doing our own thing we're not gonna you know we're gonna put our heads down we're gonna work we're gonna build our loyal following of customers and. Uh, you know, we don't really go to any industry shows anymore. We don't have really any interaction with, you know, a lot of other other companies, um, you know, our size, just because we're, hey, we're just doing our thing. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, it's great to see all these different people reach out and say, hey, you know, we, what you're doing is awesome. We want to do it too. Um, so I was absolutely, you know, super excited to to see other people wanting to do the same thing. And hopefully, you know, I think I've ended every call with everyone that I've talked to and said, "Hey, let's make you know, let's make some turns next year." So hopefully nice. we've uh, made some new relationships and uh, get out and get back to skiing, get back to building skis and skiing. Absolutely. So one of the things that Shaggy's famous for, as you mentioned earlier, is your custom skis. And I've got a lot of friends who love these things, and they go rip around on their boards, and they've got the pictures of their cats on them and like their favorite lift and uh, everything else on the custom tops yet. I mean, these skis are really awesome. Um, obviously face masks are far simpler, uh, but is there some variability here in size or shape or anything else? Or are you just, you found your model and you're just stamping these out in mass quantities? 
Yeah, we're really doing the exact same thing. Um, there are a couple of different variations of different sizes, but everyone wants, right now, they want, like, there's essentially this full length, three-quarter length, and half length. Nobody wants half length. Nobody wants three-quarter length. They want the, you know, they want full length protection. Um, so we're pretty much doing that. We also do have um, uh, a new product we've been asked to make these eye shields, which are pretty much like just dis disposable um, safety glasses. So they have a frame and that's a little bit, you know, that's, that's fairly substantial. And then uh, a plastic lens, same material that's used on the on the face shield um, that could just be pulled off and thrown away and you can put a new piece of plastic on. Um, so we're doing those now too. We had to get a, uh, actually have an injection mold shop mold those for us. Um, so we had to have a, Spend a, spend about a week um, and a and a bunch of money getting a tool made to uh, or a die made to to mold these, um, but that's really the the extent of the variation right there. We're just doing the the same thing. We joke here at the shop that it's like Groundhog Day every day, <laughs> you know, just keeps going over and over every day again. And we're everyone's you know we're trying to just joke around a little bit and uh, keep everything light, you know. Get pizza every couple of days for lunch, and you know, try to get some ice cream, and just you know, just the simple things. Keep the troops rallied, definitely. So once the face shields are made, is it first come first serve, or are you gauging the areas of highest need and then reaching out to those medical facilities? How are you distributing these things? Um, right now, like every piece of material that we have is spoken for. Um, so we have one hospital system that has an order in for twenty four thousand that we're Fill in a thousand of those every day. We have another um, that has an order in for fifty thousand, and fifteen hundred are going out every day. You know, and lots of different, you know, smaller systems that are taking ten thousand or five thousand, um, you know, or, or two thousand. Or you know, we have some local EMS, and they are taking, you know, two hundred or five hundred, and just these different local shops. So we kind of we we went with the with the program of let's service our local area first. You know, get get everyone taken care of. Um, and then go out and get you know, whoever needs them. And right now, there's this huge demand, and we keep getting more and more people calling every day that, hey, I want some. And as of about noon yesterday, all of the material that we have is, like I said, is spoken for. Um, so we've been working on getting more, which is probably not going to be available till May. But we still have. I mean, it's not like... We have all that material used up. We still have to make everything. Um, right. We just have to make sure that we have plenty of uh, raw materials to fulfill all of our commitments to these different places. Um, and then we also have, you know, like as we have excess, you know, say if I have, they, we ship them in boxes of 150. If I have a, if I have an extra box of 150 at the end of the day, you know, we'll put them up on our website so that you know individuals can buy them for. You know, and like 25 packs for, you know, for different hospitals. We're telling people, please, you know, if you're just an individual, you're not a healthcare worker, you know, something like that, please don't buy them. You know, let let people who absolutely need them um, mm -hmm. get them. You know, we're we're selling them as cheap as we can. We're not we're not in this to make money. We're just trying to make a difference. You know, we we told our guys like, hey, we're you know, this is we just can't lose money. That's the number mm -hmm. one thing yeah. here. Don't lose money. We don't have to make you know, we don't have to make it. But we gotta be able to, you know, get through. That's yeah, a, that makes sense. That's a very important thing. Where are the face shields primarily going? Are they mostly going to hospital systems in Michigan? 
Yeah, primarily in Michigan. Um, you know, we've shipped from, you know, out east to California, so, and all sorts of different places in between. I think, um, I apologize if you've heard my cell phone, there's like a cash register sound that comes, <laughs> that comes out of my cell phone every time, uh, something sells on our website. And it looks like our, uh, one of our guys must have just put those, we had an extra 150 pack available, so I broke it down to 25 packs and, uh, so there's six of them available, and I think in the last, uh, let's see, they went up at 521, and it's 525, and I think we're sold out now. So wow, wow. Pretty much, um, as soon as they go up, they're they're gone. And you know, I wish we could do more, but it's just the, it's just the reality right now. It's we gotta we've got to meet our, our uh, hospitals needs first, and then do as much as we can after that. So the market is completely different here than skiing, where you can really rely on social media, word of mouth, uh, you know, other skiers just to build stoke around the skis. Uh, and you know the industry, you know the customers really well. You're right there in your Boyne Mountain, so you're in a ski town. Um, how are you letting the medical community know that you're open for business or face shields? Um, you know, really, at first it was just, okay, we had this, our local hospital, or we have our, the McLaren Hospital Network, they have McLaren Northern Michigan, which is right down the road from us and they found out um you know and at that i think it's just been kind of word of mouth um we definitely have you know we put up a post on our facebook page saying hey we're doing this and i think very quickly that became the like the greatest reaching post that we've ever had um so you know i think it's it's totally organic um we have so many calls that you know come in every day hey can i get these so it must just be you know people People uh, hearing about it from, you know, social media. We do have a big red banner on our website that pops up when you come to it. Says, you know, we're we're not <laughs> making skis right now. Um, if you order them, you're not going to get them now. You know, they'll come once this is all over. Um, and we've made face shields, so I'm sure some of that has helped. But I never thought, you know, at this point, like we're a small business. We have a we got a you know, loyal following, but we all still have to, you know, I, I think, you know, just any ski company has to work on selling skis every year. Mm-hmm. Um, you've always got to do stuff. you got to have new products. you got to have new graphics. you got to do this and that, new options. Um, right now it's totally different. It's, man, everything that we can make is sold, and it's like sold yesterday. Um, so wow. it's definitely a different, you know, it's a different feeling. There's no, like, marketing need in any of this. It's just, People want them, and they they need to have them right now. They have to have them. These are, you know, it's a critical element of of all their protective equipment. You need to cover your face. You can't have spatter coming onto your face. And if we can be, you know, all we're trying to do, like I've said so many times, just get as many out as possible. And the more we can get out, the faster, you know, it's going to be part of the solution to get, get our whole country through this. So a big part of that getting them out is just the shipping and the packaging. And so you mentioned you you're bundling these up in packs of 150. Was it hard to figure out like what's the optimal number and what's the right box to ship them in? Was that part difficult at all? Um, you know, it's just you know at that point is we wanted to figure out a size that was going to be really manageable for a stock room so that they didn't have to you know, break up shipments or, you know, like open a box and then get them into another box. We wanted to have a manageable size so that 
okay, one person can easily carry this box around, and we wanted to make it so that there wasn't too many, you know, if we're sending it to one hospital network and then they're distributing it to all these other places, we wanted, we know that, you know, they're going to have to have some quantity, but, uh, you know, I think we thought that, that would be a pretty good size. So we've gone through a couple of different boxes now, um, figuring out the exact perfect size, but we've got it pretty dialed in and it's, uh, you know, just physically fitting out, you know, we, at first, we, you know, did a did some napkin math here and figured out, okay, this will be about the right size box. And we've revised that a couple of times, but it's been pretty pretty simple. Yeah, you're a direct-to-consumer brand, meaning you don't sell in stores. Has this given you an advantage in distributing these face shields in that you're used to handling distribution of your own products? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we're, you know, every pair of skis goes to a different customer. So for us, it's super easy. We've got everything, you know, our whole infrastructure set up that, an order comes in online, we ship that to that person. We're norm, you know, we're we're used to packing small orders. We're not shipping out, you know, pallets of skis at a time. It's one pair of skis, one box going to one customer. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, it's definitely it's just second nature to us. Um, so I, I hadn't even thought about anything like that, but I think that's a you know, it's a good point. It just made it made it easy. Do you have a date when you plan to go back to ski manufacturing or are you just kind of seeing this thing through as long as the need is there, you're going to be cranking out face shields? I think as long as the need is there, we're going to be doing it. Um, That's a really tough, loaded question. Um, This whole, you know, I I don't think anybody right now can fully predict what, uh, you know, this coronavirus is going to do with our, you know, through our country. Um, so as long as there's a need and we can be part of a solution, we'll do it. You know, we, we've thought, you know, we'll do this for a month and I think now it's going to go longer than that. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, it has been one of those things of, Hey, this is keeping us, we could, we cannot be making skis in Michigan right now. It's not, it's not an essential item. We're shut down. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, so, you know, we, we were getting into this before that happened, but, you know, at this point now, it's like this is helping everyone's livelihood. Mm-hmm. Sure, they could go and, you know, everyone could go and sit on unemployment at home or go and take, you know, and we could pay you for a little bit. And then, you know, we can't go on in, in perpetuity, you know, paying everyone, um, you know, without having revenue coming in. We're a small business. Um, yep. So this has allowed, you know, allowed us to keep everyone going and everyone can, uh, you know, just keep a little bit of sanity we've had some other like i said we've got four other people that are coming in right now helping out with this and uh they're like this is great i'm coming in for a half day and it's it's like a break they come to work but it's you know it's a break for them because they they don't have to just sit in their house anymore yeah i think it's got to give you a sense of purpose because i i think most of us are just most of the country is just sitting at home right now right even if they're able to work from home like i'm fortunate to be able to do it's it's like you, you know, like I said at the beginning of the call, I'm in New York City and you hear the ambulances all day and the hospitals are overloaded and it's it's a feeling of helplessness. So, you know, you're, you're really creating for everyone there that's involved in your operation, this sense of like, we're actually directly contributing to this, which is really awesome. Um, so last thing here, Jeff, your company is named after your great granduncle Shaggy, who hand carved wooden skis for his family and neighbors up in the upper peninsula of Michigan and the Keweenaw Peninsula. Uh, how are you honoring his memory here with this effort? Man, 
You know, I I think the the biggest thing is you know is, is the way that we can honor that is doing everything that we can to stay relevant to be able to keep making skis. Um, you know, not to say that we wouldn't if we weren't doing this, but you know, we we just kind of come from a family of people who do things or you know who like make things. I shouldn't say do things. Everybody does things. Um, but we we all make things. You know, we're we want to be making something with our hands. Um, so I think the, uh, you know, the big part of that is just kind of continuing that legacy of we're going to keep making regardless of what the, uh, what the circumstances are. If we can't make skis, we'll make face shields. You know, if the time comes where we can't do that, we'll make something else. We'll figure it out. Well, it's an incredible effort, Jeff. Uh, keep up the good work. Hopefully we can beat this thing. You can get back to making skis sooner than later. Well, I'll look you up next time I'm in Michigan. Maybe we can go make some turns up at Boyne. Oh, please do. And if we're out east, same thing. Come and, uh, come and meet us out there. That's Jeff Thompson of Shaggy's Copper Country Skis. What an awesome story. What a great thing to have people like that who can make things and solve problems and identify a critical need and fill it. People like that are why I think this is an amazing country. There's a problem and then bam, they just in a moment figure it out and get to work. And that's the kind of operation you want to support when this whole thing blows over. Tell me you don't want to go check out Shaggy Skis right now. Look, this is not a plug. That's not what this is about. Like I said, I reached out to them to talk about face masks, and that's what we talked about. But listening to that guy talk about the care and thought they're putting into making face masks, you can imagine they put exactly that energy and attention into making custom skis. So thank you very much for that, Jeff. And thank you, Frank Roeder, for telling me about this. If any of you are locked into these local communities and you see something awesome, let me know about it because it could turn into something like this. Thank you all for listening. That's five COVID-focused podcasts in eight days and six altogether. So I'm going to slow it down a bit, but I do intend to make at least a couple more of these things before switching back to the Storm Skiing podcast. To hear those as soon as they're live, subscribe to the Storm Skiing newsletter for free at skiing.substack.com. Stay well, stay safe. I'm Stuart Winchester, and I will talk to you again very soon. The Storm Skiing Podcast is a Quicksilver Films production.